Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Throw It Batch. We aren't just your typical Bachelor Nation podcast, we are all-knowing, all-seeing. AKA, we cover spoilers, news and gossip, astrology, and more. You have been warned. We get spiritual, we get witchy, and sometimes a little bit tipsy. I'm Sam. And I'm Melissa. Let's throw it back. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new episode. It's episode five of Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. I have had quite the week. Um, Excuse me if I don't have as much energy or I cough a little bit. Actually, I feel like I have a lot of energy right now for some reason. It might die quickly, though. Um, I did get the COVID last week right after we recorded. I have been in my basement quarantining. It has been quite the week. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit out of sorts, but at least I get to still do this, which is my, my pride and joy is the bachelorette. Yes. And for anyone who's concerned, we are on zoom. I have been concerned of you, Sam. I'm so glad that you are okay. And <laughs> you've gotten some energy at this point. It was very scary when we received the diagnosis. <laughs> Thank you. You're being very dramatic, but <laughs> it's true. I felt like I was taking a pregnancy test. I was like texting with Melissa and I'm like, it says, it says, Oh, I mean, I don't know if you guys have taken a COVID test, like a take home one, but you literally feel like you're taking a pregnancy test and you're waiting to see if you're positive or negative. But um, I've been taking a ton of vitamins, a bunch of stuff that Melissa has suggested I take. Um, and also we have a new sponsor, which is Hydro Jug. And I'm obsessed with drinking water to begin with. And everyone makes fun of me because I'm constantly carrying around humongous water bottles everywhere I go to the point where my mom will be like, are you literally leaving the house with that thing? And I'm like, yes, I need to drink water. So um, actually I'm, this is, this is an ad, but also it's completely true because I've needed to drink so much water. I lost my other water bottle and this came literally the day after I found out I had COVID. So um, it's a huge water bottle over a half a gallon and it has a really cute sleeve that has these like stars on it in a, in a night sky because I love astrology. So it actually was a really nice gift kind of to get um, during this difficult week. So thank you, Hydrojack. Yes, you got the nice galaxy sleeve and I got um, the nude camo with the green jug. It's a nice olive green. It's a very aesthetically wonderful combination, but now I'm jealous of yours because I, I, I should have I thought of that. I really should have. <laughs> I, I failed myself. Um, but I'm so happy and I love that they're dishwasher safe because that's always been the one thing stopping me from a lot of the reusable water bottles. I get so excited for them and then I realize I can't use them in the dishwasher. My other one that I had, I'd put it and it would get weird dents in it. And then um, I wouldn't wash it as much. And then I was basically just like drinking filth all the time. So, (laughs) (laughs) so maybe that's why I have COVID who knows we digress, but I actually just wanted to say that because I'm super excited and I freaking love water bottles. Um, so that's Mm. awesome. Let's get to our girl, Michelle. We are in Minnesota. Minnesota looks lovely. Honestly, it reminds me kind of of Cleveland. I mean, there's a lot of these Midwestern cities that people shit on that are actually really nice. And really clean too. 
yeah, I mean, honestly, it looks much nicer than Cleveland, to be honest with you. But um, I, now I want to go to Minnesota. We start off with Michelle at her parents' house. Do you think this is really their house is my first question. I kind of feel like it's not their house. And I don't know why. It's just they didn't seem like as comfortable. And they also don't seem like the kind of people that like sit out by the pool and sip lemonade. I don't know. Yeah, I know Bachelor Nation is notorious for not using people's real houses when it comes to the hometowns and stuff. I find it really interesting that they are in Minnesota. Like, I'm curious if Michelle was like, if I'm doing this, like, I want to be home. I want these men in my environment because they easily could have, you know, stayed in Palm Springs. And then I think they travel a little bit, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, she basically says that the reason she brought the guys here is because she wants to see them in her environment. So it kind of seems like she really doesn't want to move, which is what I took from it. That is such a great point. I even wrote in my notes, this, this episode has made me realize that living in Minnesota is a non-negotiable top, top priority for her. And that's something that we really don't expect when it comes to these relationships that form out of this franchise. We normally see them, you know, willing and ready to gallivant as influencers able to, you know, detach their roots and go wherever can make them have the most content. (laughs) And But it makes sense. She's a teacher and she's extremely close to her parents. But I wonder what her thoughts were going into The Bachelor you know, I doubt Matt, Matt James would have ever moved for her. Maybe she didn't even cross that bridge yet when she went on and signed up for that. What was her thoughts like signing up for this show? I, I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I know, obviously, for a lawyer, it's difficult to like change states. You have to take the bar again. And nobody really wants to do that. But you know, right. you do you do have to have a teaching certificate. I don't know, like, the way it works from state to state and teaching is really important to her and something she wants to continue to do. So it's like, you know, maybe she also doesn't want to move because she wants to stay within like the Minnesota school district. Like who knows? She isn't one of those contestants. That's like, la-di-da, like I'll throw away my career. I don't care. This is just a placeholder until I get famous and find a husband. That's not her. No, no. She's very devoted. And even if it was something where she becomes a, you know, philanthropist for teachers, and, and children, and she can really still go anywhere and she graduates from her teaching job, I feel like regardless, she won't want to be away. If she's in love with where she's from and her parents, she's very, very close to. So there's a lot of reasons. And the way she like looked at her environment, you know, being on the boat and stuff. Yeah. She is really committed to raising her kids the way she was raised. And that segues to the person that she decides to take on the first date, which is Joe. At first I wrote in these notes too, I was like, why is she taking him on this date? He lives in Minnesota. Like, what are they going to do? That's so interesting. But I kind of understand because it's like they've lived very parallel lives and have never crossed paths. So it's like, what is he like in our environment? Like, do we see our city in the same way? If you want to put the relationship on like fast forward, you already pretty much did a hometown state, like a mini one. And you get to see like what he's going to say, like where he goes. Oh yeah, that's the bar I go to. That's just a lot about yeah. somebody. <laughs> well, wait till you guys hear some news and gossip. We have some interesting rumors about Joe, but I will just say as an overall statement before we get into the specifics of the date, 
Joe is either hiding something or he is an extremely introverted and uncomfortable in front of the camera is like, or and very soft spoken. I'm not sure which one it is, but I truly believe one of those two things to be true. I mean, usually it's both. Probably. You know what I mean? It's not like a fence that you have to be on one side or the other. Like there's a lot of people in the world that are both. One thing is for sure. Like we know that, or we likely know that Joe is in the final four. This guy is not a contender to be the bachelor ever, like ever, because he yeah. is not a great, you know, speaker. He doesn't emote, you know, in a way that television, like it translates really well on TV. At least that was for me, but I might be a little bit tainted as well by some news that we heard later this afternoon about him. And then I was like, oh, wait, okay, this might, this might make sense now. Should we wait to say the news or should we just say it? Because honestly, I do feel like he emotes on camera well. And I do feel like, I mean, maybe because I feel like, you know, we'll get into his chart later, but his chart does make him for a great like motivational speaker or I do not see that. Let's get into it now then. Okay, let's do it. Spoiler alert. So I was just, you know, parading through Instagram stories and we saw that not skinny but not fat um got some DMs because she was complimenting Joe and naturally with this date I was so excited to record the podcast we were only two hours away from recording when I found this and I was ready to talk about Joe with flying colors like so excited the date would would you say before hearing this that the date you thought the date was great I thought the date was great. I just didn't think he translated great to TV. But the dinner portion with his yeah was yeah. like, you know, that made me emotional. That yeah. That's on my list of like 15 things that can actually pull my heartstrings. Okay. And I think anything that's not on that list, I should actually write down the list, but, and, and old people is one of them. They make me cry. But athletes or dancers, Olympians that, or boxers, anybody that does something physical and they get hurt and they can no longer do that passion. It just makes me, it just tears me up inside. It just, ugh. The tea though, is that he had a girlfriend, Amanda, not skinny, but not fat posted. He is so cute and him crying made him even hotter. Then someone DMs, uh, uh, not skinny, but not fat. Lest we not forget, he had a girlfriend and still does the whole time. She says, wait, really? Who said? She said, he's dating my good friend's cousin. He left to go on the show without warning and came back saying it was all a mistake and they are still together. This can mean a lot of things. I still think even if this is true, it, I could still say Joe's probably a good person, but a very messy person who doesn't know what the hell he wants. And, but at the end of the day, like this makes us take a huge rewind to when he ghosted Michelle and then that's Mm -hmm. what pisses me off yeah I still haven't gotten over that and I just kind of assumed that like things were said behind the scenes that weren't aired because she is such a strong woman that is like no like give me the answer like you're not giving me the answer that I want I'm going to keep on probing you until I get the answer to the question that I'm asking you and that really like I mean we'll get into it later but like Martin for instance, you know, well, that's very Gemini, you know, they, yeah. they will poke, poke, poke until they get like, but what they're looking for. it seems that she didn't really pursue her questions about why Joe quote unquote ghosted her. However long ago that was, she was kind of just like, okay, whatever. So I just assumed that like, 
she found something out or we just didn't see it. But let, let's get into the state kind of, you know, with knowing this information, but putting it aside for a minute, um, they get to go to a twins game, which is really cool. I remember Reality Steve posted about this as it was happening. And it was the first date actually after all of the quarantine bubble seasons that this was the first date that he got legit pictures from fans of a public event that they were at, which typically happens every season. They go to a sporting event, they go to a play, you know, they do something where they have an audience. So he was getting tons of hits. He was like, okay, finally, like they're out and about. And this was really cute. Um, you know, she throws a strike and if she throws a strike, then Joe gets a kiss. And um, I, I really like this. It seems like a really special, I'm sure it was a really special thing for both of them because they are from Minnesota and they're Minnesota fans. Yeah, it was definitely special. The throw was just really her first shot. And then they were like, strike, kiss. I'm like, I don't know if that's really a strike. I don't either. I, I have but absolutely an athlete no. and she's good at everything. So she I really mean, is. She's like yeah. the most amazing, I think I would say female a- athletically that has been the bachelorette ever. I feel ever, ever, ever. Okay. Then she takes him to her high school, which I thought was really fucking stupid, to be honest with you. Like, why does it matter where your locker was? Is this saved by the bell? I'm why? Well, now I could find another red flag in that date with the news that we just heard because she goes, Joe is the kind of guy I would have went for in high school. And normally that's not yeah, the yeah. best. You know, you normally don't hear that in a relationship where someone ends up together forever and ever and ever. You normally hear that when something goes before, you know, things go bad. Yeah. And I will say like one of the reasons I'm not rooting for Joe, aside from what we just heard is I've said this before, it really annoys me when people end up together on the show that easily could have met in real life. Like, what did we just waste this entire season for? It bothers me. So I'm glad that like he doesn't end up with her because I would think that was so fucking pointless. Like, uh, why don't you just drive two miles east and you could have met at a coffee shop? Like, Yeah, and if this is your first episode uh, listening to Throw It Batch, um, Nate is supposedly the final one. And the uh, DMs, what we posted on our Instagram is also Nate trying to be coy and asking if Michelle's a nice person, trying to kind of be sarcastic, like he doesn't know who she is. Yeah, he's he's cute, but we'll we'll get into him in this in a minute. But just want to say they had a nice little basketball play and it was sexy. It was like I for, I don't know what movie I'm thinking of, but it's where a guy and a girl are playing like one on one and they have so much sexual chemistry and it's like they want to shoot the ball, but they also want to like hook up and rip each other's clothes off. Um, and she says this really funny line as she's like about to throw her last shot. She says, it's not about a girl beating you at this point. It's about a girl in a dress beating you. So true. She looked looked amazing. Honestly, a goddess. Um, But let's just quickly name all the things that they have in common. They're both Geminis. They both both are from Minnesota. They both play basketball. They both have... They both aren't that good at expressing their emotions, admittedly. They even look alike. Like they have light eyes Mm -hmm. and beautiful skin. I know it's a little creepy to say, but they look like they could honestly be related somehow. Well, that happens with a lot of couples. We've talked about, I think you've talked about this before, and I notice it now all the time after you said it, honestly. It's obviously not supposed to be the staple. Don't look for someone who looks like you. I think it's also an indication that people are inherently narcissists. 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> but so, yeah, in, in this basketball part, he starts to open up a little bit. We have another situation where there's a dad in the household that doesn't emote and is telling, you know, his son that, you know, crying is not okay. And that kind of thing. We talked about it last week with Martin. He had a similar, um, a similar story. And I, I really like this kind of like narrative though, that they're weaving through the season, which is like boys can cry and they can, and we need to support that because men who suppress their emotions, what they suppress hurts us, you know, hurts, hurts Mm -hmm. their their partners. So then we have the night portion of the date. Um, she starts calling him Minnesota Joe, which I think is very cute. And he gives his story about how he broke three bones in his leg in seventh grade. And then it turned into a bigger injury later on. And he broke his fifth metatarsal and he got uh, a plate and screws put in there, but the doctor put in one that was too big. It ended up really fucking him up and having more surgeries, depression. Um, he even talked about, you know, how at one point he considered not being there. Before we get into all this, though, I just have to add something. Did, have I told you how I broke my foot maybe like four or five years ago? I was watching The Voice in my underwear and I was dancing and I did a spin and I broke my foot and I had to have surgery. It was the fifth metatarsal. It is called the dancers or athletes break. Like when I went to the doctor, they were like, are you an athlete or a dancer? And I was like, "Mm, uh, when I'm alone, I dance a little bit, but I broke my, and I have a screw and a plate in my foot. Isn't that nuts? I know. I remember you telling me about that. And that was a really difficult point in your life. Also during your Saturn return. That was my Saturn return. Exactly. Exactly. But no, like back to your point earlier, this really fucked him up. Um, yeah. What were your feelings on his explanation of all this? I mean, I understood how traumatizing it was, especially for someone who, I mean, your entire identity revolves around your physicality and also, you know, being an athlete, like I said, that's like athleticism for like the Holy Trinity, which is mind, body, and soul. And then, you know, you take, you haven't practiced that without it. And it's not like he started his life with meditating in the morning and then doing a little bit of yoga and journaling. It's no, like he used that as his vice for to ground himself for everything. And with that being taken away, he had a really like, like, it's like the rug got ripped out from under him and Colton kind of not as far as the injury. I think Colton did get an injury, but a huge portion of Colton's book, it was boring. It got kind of boring to me because I was like, I don't want to hear about football anymore. I would say maybe the first like 75 pages of Colton's book were about how football was his life and he had no other identity and it was like devastating to him. Um, and it was, it was, in, it was an interesting part of the book for me because I kind of understood that we don't have athletes in our family. I'm not an athlete. We're not, you know, I don't, I don't really get that. Um, I, I can imagine put myself in their shoes, but I'm like, what, you didn't take up any of their hobbies. Like you don't like to do anything else. Like, come on. I don't even like sports. So it's like, I don't fully get it, but to see how these people are so affected, it makes me really sad. Like guys have a well-rounded child, make sure your child does a lot of things, please. It's not good for them. Yeah. It's also such a, it's so supported by society as well. So everyone makes you feel like a star for having that as your hobby and like in in your community and it just goes to so many different places but yeah I agree with you like it's not football is not part of my reality I was a cheerleader but I was also almost 
um, they were going to put this, what, what's it called? Those, um, they took it out of the yearbook, but I was voted superlatives. Um, superlatives. I was voted least likely to be a cheerleader. I, I got actually um, first to get divorced and I'm um, first to become a reality TV star and biggest drama queen. I clearly was very loved by my peers. <laughs> or you were a Libra in high school. Um, they were just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Back on to Minnesota Joe. So he gives his story. It really connects with her. And um, he says that he thinks that she's worth all of this. And they have a very passionate makeout. She gives him the rose. And he says he can't really put his thoughts to words right now, but that this quote comes up for him. The best things in life are on the other side of fear. Sweet. Sounds like something a basketball coach said. Yeah. It- actually does sound I, I'm pretty sure he got that from a basketball coach honestly basketball coaches do give a lot of great quotes I've heard them before um but can we call him Minajota? yeah Minajota. Minajota. my spidey senses go off with him a little bit but he also just could be like extremely soft-spoken and introverted and I can't figure him out so we'll see I'm sure if what uh we found is true, then more stuff will come out about it. All right. So let's get to this group date. We have Casey, Rodney, Martin, Leroy, Rick, Clayton, Olu, Chris, Brandon. They go to the Minnesota Viking stadium and Clayton is already in pumped. He's a football player. This is his date. He's ready to show her. All these guys are like, yeah, we're going to play football. And they race up to her as she's standing on the field um, Brandon, like he's really cute. He really likes her. It seems like he's just, he is, te- he is teacher's pet. That is exact. You said that a few weeks ago, I think yeah. he's, he's, he's the teacher's pet he and he is a hopeless romantic and he's a lover of love he, Leo. And okay. I put this on our Instagram yesterday and I don't think as many people are getting it. It took me a long time to do this. So I just need to explain it to you all when, <laughs> Because when Are you, you think it flopped, <laughs> maybe flop. I thought it would like totally go like viral or something. And it, everyone's like, what? Okay. No. So when they're all standing there on the field, after they run to her and she goes, hi, everyone, how are you? And they pan to Rick. And all of a sudden you hear on screen hey, and she starts talking again. So he was trying to say, Hey, And she starts speaking again. And when you do it in slow motion, it shows it on the caption and everything. It's like his mouth opens like a little teeny bit. It's like the guy in high school that like wants to say hi to his crush. And he's like, hit. And then she just starts talking to somebody else. Like that is exactly what happened. And I'm just obsessed with Rick. So, you know, anyways, moving on. (laughs) I think everyone who was obsessed with Rick really enjoyed that post as well. Thank you. So they are there and they think they're going to play football and meet these actual football players, but no, it's actual like hired Vikings. They're dressed in Viking costumes and they have to dress them in Viking costumes. And they literally put Chris S in what's the word. I don't have it written here. It's the mythical creature. That's like half man, half horse. Is it a centaur? A centaur, which represents Sagittarius which Chris is not, unfortunately, because I would feel a lot better about myself if he was. Um, (laughs) Chris did something to the producers. They did something. They made him dress in his tidy whities last week, and he was the only one that had to do something like that. They dressed him as a little centaur. He looked like a 
idiot. He looks like a complete idiot today. They just do not like him. They're like, let's get, they're like, no, Michelle, please keep him around one more week so we can fuck with him more because we hate him. I like to give a lot of people more credit (laughs) because, you know, Bachelor Nation manipulates us into disliking someone and it's not fair just to make somebody like look like a runt. And they definitely convinced him to speak for Michelle in that moment, but yada, yada. However, I just also have a feeling that Chris is a little bit of a pain in the butt. I was listening to Nick Vile's podcast last night and he was recapping it. And he was like, I don't say this about a lot of people because I know about production and I know what happens and how things are manipulated, but I hate Chris S. Your Cape Cod nightmare, you know? (laughs) He is your Cape Cod nightmare, but he wants to be like Southern. I think he says he's from the South. I don't know. Anyways, Chris is not who I want to hang out with in the South. (laughs) No, Chris is not having it. He's pissed that he's there. And he literally straight up asks people legitimately worried. Will I die if I eat this when they're forced to eat all that disgusting food? He goes, will I, will I die? I'm such a little spoiled brat. Everyone else is just (laughs) dealing with the challenge that they've been given. And he's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Chris did show a little bit of a Kim Kardashian Libra on this date. Like, no, ew, absolutely not. Not, nope. Well, am I going to die? Am I going to die? That was Chris. So he, he's understood. Kim would understand. I don't, but it's okay, Melissa. They're not listening to this podcast. He's going to be okay. I don't like just pretending like someone doesn't have, you know, their own struggles. Just He's a character. I'm sure he's a lovely guy and I'm sure he's been bullied all of his life because he's shorter than everybody else. And he has kind of a, thinks he has something to prove all the time. And that's why he's an asshole. Boom. There you go. Maybe that's why I'm starting to feel bad because I am short and people do like, literally, I, people love to mess with short people. Well, these men are asked to roar a war cry. They kept on doing it. I was like, why are they yelling? Like, what are they saying? And they all sounded like they were like constipated slash having an orgasm. It kind of reminded me of like one of the orgasm dates that we've done. I swear we've done more than one. There was some um, arm wrestling fights, Chris against Olu. That was just cruel again on Chris. That's another thing I was like, why did they put him with Olu? They hate him so much. Oh, I know that was, that was kind of mean. <laughs> yeah. And like, no wonder he's pissed. Like Olu is like the strongest man alive. Clayton wins the whole date. He gives her kind of like a real kiss in front of everyone. And I was like, have they kissed before? I, I don't remember. And I just want to point out this really cute moment. Again, this is such the teacher's pet moment. They go to leave and Brandon like runs back to give her one last kiss. And this is after they've eaten fish heads and like all the disgusting things. He gives her a nice kiss and she, and he walks away and she goes, ew, straight fish, Brandon. <laughs> I was dying. I love her little commentary. I don't think we're that scary to eat. It was just, you just don't know how long they've been sitting out for. No, it's disgusting. I mean, yeah, see, I would have been like, how long has this been in the sun for? I have an autoimmune disease. Um, I will not eat raw fish. Thank you. And you're not uh, making that up. You're, you're, she's serious. It is. You- yes, that is true. That is true. Um, so I would just use it to my advantage. But then we have the night portion of the date. She looks amazing. I love the dress that she's wearing, this green number. She looks like she could be on Broadway. Clayton and Michelle have some time. Again, this is the most we've seen 
out of our bachelor. And she says, you know, I've kind of been like wondering what's up with you trying to get you out of your shell and that she does like what she sees so far. And now this moment I laughed because he was like, so what is it like being in your shoes? This must be so difficult. I'm like, he's getting notes how to be the best, the next lead, obviously. And they kiss and there's no chemistry. What I see with Clayton is like almost a guy who's not on Michelle's journey. He's on Clayton's journey. And it became like a cross collaboration with, you know what I mean? It's like almost he was chosen to be the bachelor threw her into Michelle's season. So it made sense. I have some conspiracy theories because I really think that like ABC is not this dumb. Why would they make him the bachelor? Why would they be giving him such a little story arc? Why is it week five? And we're getting to know a sliver of him. It makes no sense because I was sure that they would edit the show in a way that tailored it towards Clayton so we could get to know him better, but we've barely seen him. So why are they doing this? I think maybe they're doing it to like potentially divide audiences even more and create a spinoff that will attract to a broader audience. I think they could be doing this to somehow tank the show on purpose. There has to be a reason. I don't know why. That's a pretty deep conspiracy. Um, I think that's a plausible. I think also when you look at Michelle and how committed she is to finding her person and starting a family and how grounded she is, she's so close to her parents. And then you go to Katie and Matt James who have very similar family issues. I don't, I don't know like a nicer, cleaner way to say it. The, the journey ends up them tapping into a lot of trauma and inner child dilemmas. And, and, and it takes away from like actually just like dating everybody. And naturally, like all that pressure is going to tap into all your, your shadows. So when there's like a family shadow, it makes it really hard to have a successful couple at the end. So if they are really in tune to that, like, let's see a, you know, hunky-dory successful couple story then a candidate like Michelle and Clayton would be viable because they both really share that. Like, we love our parents. They're great. We have such a healthy family life. Honestly, they love their parents a lot. I mean, at least from what we've seen with Michelle, we haven't seen Clayton as much, but you're right. That is going to be the exact same narrative. And I was thinking about this last night. Like, can't they just have a person who's like, parents got divorced amicably, and they just have a good relationship with both of them. They have some half siblings. They are really close to their aunt because she was really great to them during the divorce. And so that's kind of like a second mother to her, like something that is a combination of a traditional family and a non-traditional family that doesn't have to involve it either being picture perfect or completely dysfunctional. It's the matter of the lead's growth from that. And that's really hard to gauge when it's so easy to create a setback. But I also have to warn anyone listening, I know a lot of people that come from amazing functional families, and yet they have a lot of issues with relationships and dating because they're trying to, you know, emulate or their standards are a little bit, you know, I mean, Michelle has specifically said time and time again, she wants to emulate her parents' marriage. And that, I don't know when she says, I think that's one of my only complaints about her is that I think that 
her ideals for a marriage. My, I don't want to say unrealistic, but like, I wish she was a little bit more like open-minded. Like, yes, she wants a good relationship, but you know, it doesn't have to be just like her parents. It could be beautiful in a different way. You know, I mean, you know, what's interesting is she doesn't have any men. I don't think that are left that have a child, which we typically see uh, at least one single dad that kind of takes you through this. And I'm not saying she says that she doesn't, but like, would she want to be with a man that has a child that's a widow and they can raise the child together? Like, is she open to that? Because all I've seen is she just wants, she has it all planned out, you know? Yeah. Katie was definitely way more flexible and open-minded to like, I'm okay if you don't want kids. I'm okay if you already have a kid and that's the only kid you want or anything. Like she was really open-minded in the family department. I do think she's, I think Michelle is a little bit open-minded though. At the same time, you're also right. Like she does want the cookie cutter dynamic. A lot of people forget, you don't know what your parents were like before you were existed. You know, like they had a whole life before you were born. Well, we will see you, Clayton, on the next season of The Bachelor. TBD if we, I mean, I'm, I know I'm not excited, so whatever. I'm, I'm excited to get to know his mom if, if we have to do this Clayton thing. I'm still like, we did do. they start filming? I'm still hopefully. It's like done, I think. No way, really? I'm still in denial. It's either done or it's like the finale is filming this weekend. I keep hoping that they're like catfishing us. No, they are not. They're not catfishing us. So then she talks to Brandon also on the date and she has a surprise for him, which is Swedish fish. And, you know, she likes him. And I like how he was very self-aware and kind of broke the fourth wall and said, I don't know if you're going to pick me, but you make me really like feel really good. And it was just very sweet and realistic. Like, this is where I'm at. Who knows that this is forever, but I am really liking this. She's always feeding him something, or am I wrong? Because it's her baby. (laughs) She feeds him and she feeds, no, she fed Rodney once. I think she just likes to feed people. She does. (laughs) Her mercury and cancer. She's like, let's talk. While I nurture you. And then the group date rose goes to Clayton because she couldn't give it to Brandon again because that would just be blasphemy for the third time in a row that is not allowed while we love to throw back our favorite wine and cocktails on this show something we don't talk enough about is drinking water it is imperative that you drink enough water so you can truly enjoy that buzz while staying hydrated That's why we wanted to tell you about our secret weapon, Hydro Jug. My Hydro Jug is currently my favorite water bottle because it holds over half a gallon of water and it's totally leak proof. I'm very clumsy, so that is extremely important to me. And I have a strap so I can carry it anywhere. They come in all different colors, but even better is that they have over 40 sleeves to choose from. I personally chose a really cool sleeve that has stars on it in the night sky because, well, I love astrology, obviously. They also have a wide mouth opening and an integrated handle. And the best part is that they're dishwasher safe. It is super convenient because not only does it come with a strap, but the sleeve comes with pockets. So you can literally put your cell phone, keys, and wallet in there. For real though, who needs a purse when you have this hydro jug, especially when you're going to the gym? I now understand why we see so many celebrities using this product. And I'm so happy that we are sponsored by Hydro Jug because 
it is so necessary. With the holidays coming up, this is literally the perfect gifts for your friends and family. Get your Hydro Jug at www.thehydrojug.com and use our discount code BATCH, B-A-C-H, to get 10% off of your order today. Hydro Jugs really are game changers for anyone on the go like we all are these days. Again, use our code BATCH, capital B-A-C-H, for 10% off at www.thehydrojug.com. So then Nate and Michelle have their one-on-one date. I love a good pontoon boat. I really do. I fucking love those things. And it's very low-key, fun. She picks him up in this pontoon boat. And, you know, he says something that he said at the beginning of the season, which I really liked, which is that, let's see if I am what she's looking for and she's what I'm looking for. Like, that's what today is for. He wasn't saying like, I'm so excited to see Michelle. She's the woman that I want to be with. Like, I'm going to prove myself to her. He was like, this is the opportunity for us to really like, see if this is real. And then her friends, Tia and Allie come, they're her best friends and they're sitting on the boat grilling him. And I'm assuming producers fed them that there was some drama right? Between Nate and somebody. Yeah, but there was no grilling. Honestly, as much as I love Nate, I'm kind of still waiting to see like a a good date between them. This date was good as it was, as there was no drama, they got along. Besides later on in the dinner portion, like, I don't know, it was just very surface level to me. Like I saw more sparks when they would like run away and try to be with each other during cocktail parties than I saw on this particular date. And the friends didn't grill him. The friends automatically like bought into it. Like, oh, she's so happy. Like, oh, you guys are really a great wall of defense here. I kind of would just have to think that like their chemistry is so good that like it seems weird on TV. I don't know, because I think you're right. Yeah. And there's a lot of like photos and stuff that have come out since the beginning of the season of times they've had together that the photos are out, but we've never seen the scenes and they look like really cute, cute scenes. So I think it might just be that obvious that they have to somehow like tone it back. Yeah. And cut it all out. That's a really good point. He's like really giving it away with all these pictures that he's posting of her on his Instagram. Well, but she gives it away a lot. She said stuff like, um, you know, she told him later, this was like one of the best days of her life. And that she told him last week, the reason I'm pulling you aside first and I'm so upset is because I like you the most, basically. Like she's being very clear about it. I was thinking today how hard it would be for me to be in this position because I would definitely zero in on one person or two people. And I would feel incredibly guilty about having to make these nice moments with others. If they asked Michelle and they said, would you like to end the show? right now by chance she'd be like yeah sure I'm picking Nate yeah she feels at home in his arms I mean that was one thing I really did catch a lot was that she felt at home in his arms and then we get to the night portion of the date and they talk about how communication is key and that he needs someone to call him out on his bullshit and that his person always needs to have fun and be fun because he doesn't like to be serious all the time. Annie said in relationships, he's felt like his inner child wasn't there anymore, which is really interesting. A very good observation, I would say. 
Very good observation. Very intuitive. He is a cancer. So at least he's one of those cancers that have not relied on the shell so Mm -hmm. much. Like he's actually aware of his soft side because there's a lot of Gemini cancer relationships out there. Cancers are used to being nurturers. Geminis are always, they always have that inner child spark. They're like the eternal child. They're Peter Pan and Cancers like that they can be there. They can tap into the inner child with the Gemini, but they can also nurture them as well. I really liked how Michelle opened up about this story. It's something that we never knew about her health issues that she had Um, with this guy. She was dating for three years and she got really sick. Didn't know why, like their relationship wasn't going great. She wasn't super happy. And he basically said like, he couldn't take care of her. Like she couldn't keep anything down is what it sounds like. And then she moved home and he broke up with her. And basically the answer that they found was that she was in a toxic, anxious relationship, um, which is so sad to something to, it's like to that degree where it's making you ill. At least she can now look back on that journey. And I hate that he just used the word journey, but at least she can look back on it and realize how much your mental health can affect you physically a lot of it is you know intertwined I think actually all of it is intertwined if you go to the right you know specialist that can can point it that way for you but I feel so bad that she had to go through that I know it's really sad and I think even more of a reason why she's so close to her parents you know because like like I said I have an autoimmune disease but I've gone through like scary hospital visits and stuff when like my mom came out to California you know like she's like my mom is and I have like a relationship that like is different now because of her like taking care of me as an adult when I needed her so I definitely really like that she added that and um they're really vibing and then Chris S shows up out of the blue just pops out of that car interrupts Nate's date I mean at this point is this even real is what is he doing? Is he serious? I fell for Nate because that is precious time that's taken away from him. Not only that, the cameras have to be set up. The crew needs to be set up. They're going to talk to Chris and get a you know an ITM. They're going to talk to Michelle, get an ITM. They're going to talk to Nate to get, an, and that all takes precious mm-hmm. time. And that is not like guy strolls in five minute combo. It's not like taking a call and coming back to the date. It really is now about maybe at minimum an hour and a half taken away from the precious time. Yeah. I, I was thinking that too, for a normal viewer that doesn't know these things, you know, it is like, Oh, what's the big deal? He's going to take 10 minutes the most, you know? And then really it, that you're right. It probably took like at least an hour and a half off of his date. Um, But I just, I don't know what he was planning on happening there though, because it was just stupid and they never had a connection that, that we saw really. So I, maybe he just wanted to get more screen time before he was sent home. That's the only thing I can think of why he would do something like this. I wonder if, yeah, they talked him into it as if you can get more screen time, you might as well do this or maybe him feel like it was a chivalrous thing to do. They could have gassed him up and made him believe that. Or producers felt like this guy's going home anyway. I mean, I don't think this is actually an or. I think this actually connects to what I just said. But producers made him feel like, maybe felt like he's going home anyway. This is a good way to get a walkout. Those walkout moments Mm -hmm. add a lot of drama to the storyline. 
he really is very embarrassing that he's a Libra sun and a Libra moon and I'm a Libra sun and a Libra rising. Thank God I'm not a Libra moon as well because I would be mortified. Chris S leaves and then of course she comes back to Nate. She's like, I sent him home and he's like, no shit. I mean, he didn't say that, but obviously what he was probably thinking and she gives Nate the rose. There's fireworks, really nice moment between them. And then that leads us to the cocktail party. Got to call out Rick because he, I've never seen this done before. His time with her at the cocktail party was a city stroll on the sidewalk. I think that she said that she wanted to do something special for this guy, this guy, and this guy, basically at the cocktail party. That's what I think. Oh, well, he does special things for her too. Like he did the test when he met her. Yeah, I know. It's true. He's clever too. She really likes Rick. I think Rick he's either like guys she's dated before or nothing at all like guys she's dated before I'm not sure which one it is but something about him is really enticing to her I mean listen do I think they have the best chemistry and do I cringe sometimes when they kiss yes but I don't I kiss on the show is not Mm-mm, I know he's he is slowly giving me some Pisces like Connor Connor the cat asked attributes for sure I'm like seeing a little bit as hot as a lot of people think Rick is, for I don't know what we got to do like an international study on Pisces men and kissing. I don't know. I'm I'm an intense make out person. Like I'd rather make out than go all the way. I know I sound like a teenager. So maybe I would love a Pisces kiss. I have no idea. But watching it on camera, <laughs> it's bad. Connor the cat made me cringe. And Ivan Hall, another Pisces, made me cringe. True, true. But um, so I told Melissa, you know what, balls out tonight. I'm just going to tell you guys, I had another sex dream, but it wasn't really sex this time. I was with, I was with Rick. I was finally with my man who I wanted to be with. And one in my dream, for some reason, he was kind of clingy and did give me the ick. But also he kept on pushing my head down as we were kissing. And I was like, excuse me, sir. I just kept on saying that, like, excuse me, what, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, what? I'm sorry. I, I had no idea where my hand went. And I'm like, what? what's happening? I had that dream last night. It honestly seemed so real. I woke up this morning thinking like I was dating Rick and it was going mediocre. But then he no. was like really sweet and like all over me. And we were with like coworkers. We worked at the same place and we were with coworkers. And I was like, Rick, like, don't do this here. Like everyone's going to know kind of thing. Like I want to be more chill about this. And he like, couldn't control himself. And then every time he thought I was pulling away, he was like taking it personally. And I was like, I just don't want everyone to see us together. Rick, God. I'm so passionate that Pisces. I know. Um, I do get excited even talking about it though. I mean, I've loved Rick and I don't think he ever goes on Instagram. I just want his attention. So next is Michelle and Brandon. She pulls him aside and does something nice for him. It's his birthday. So I just wanted to say, not that it matters, but if anybody was curious, that means that this episode during the cocktail party was filmed on August 19th. Oh, yay. I can do an astrological read on that. Not this episode, but for the next. Remind me. Brandon, happy birthday. I'm so happy that you're finally 18. (laughs) So is Michelle. The way she presented him the cake was also, that's probably why I'm like, does she like to feed him? Because it's like, (laughs) and then 
we just have to touch on Rodney. Like she likes Rodney for an amount that she wants to keep him around because she likes him as a real human being and wants him to know that she's happy that he's there, but there's no real chemistry, but she takes him to the rooftop, look at the view. They scream, we love Minnesota. But he said something really sweet in an ITM, which is that he is so obsessed with this amazing, beautiful woman. Isn't that nice? Of course, it's Rodney. I love him so much. And I don't like when, I haven't said this in the other episodes, but because we just kind of glaze over it, but I really don't like how the other guys talk about Rodney. We are really like breaking the mold with Rodney Mm -hmm. being of a different type. If we had more women on The Bachelor that would do that, that would be amazing. Like we need more men and women because Mm -hmm. honestly, a lot of women love dad bods and that's accepted but we don't show the opposite on tv as much and then i just have to touch on martin and michelle Mm -mm. yeah i knew i i should have never doubted martin is a skis ball i'm sorry so it's very awkward i think when she speaks to him at first and then she kind of compliments him and he basically is like i'm sure you say that to all the guys and she's like excuse me and he's like no 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 i'm sorry he backtracks and then he starts talking about how girls in Miami are very high maintenance. And he thinks that just because a man is a man doesn't mean he has to do everything for a woman. And she's making him clarify, like what what makes a female high maintenance versus a man? And then he goes, well, this is why I decided to come on the show because Michelle is different. This guy kept him putting his foot in his mouth so many times. He's from Miami and that is a typical fuckboy from Miami. And, And that's like a culture of like the f-boy community to be like oh yeah like i want a rolex and i want a lambo and i want the this and the that and the that but these girls are so high maintenance because they want so many things too and they expect us to pay for it like men are so high maintenance even when they try so hard not to be Miami is just so flashy and not my style. Not, yeah, it's just like a whole different thing and he can't even hide it. I did like how she was almost defensive of these high maintenance women that she doesn't know. Like clearly Michelle's not high maintenance. Like it's obvious. There's, we don't need to argue about that, you know? And it says a lot about her, which is amazing. Like she's yeah. such an inspiring lead. Exactly. She's like, why are you talking about these women like that? Like, it wasn't like she was even defending herself. She was like, what is it about women that you are referring to here, Martin? And he's like, but you're not like that. And she's like, that's not the point. Like, what are you saying? I guarantee she's dated someone like him. Yeah. And that's why it was like, uh, (laughs) exactly. I see what, what, like, you know, what type of headspace you're in. And then, you know, he goes to the guys and basically bad talks her. And did you notice he's always friends with the people that everyone hates? Like he was the one that Chris was talking to this episode. That was his person that he went to. So not a good sign. You are who you with, Martin. But then the rose ceremony, we have uh, already have roses for Clayton, Joe and Nate. And then the rest of them go to Rick, Olu, Brandon, Martin, Rodney. And then she, yeah, she leaves Rodney last, which was really sad. And then sweet Casey and Leroy, they both seemed very, very nice. They got sent home, but they really never stood a chance anyways. Just for Leroy, because I honestly mm-hmm. loved him, even though he got like no Nothing. screen time. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I loved him though. 
I did too. He was so cute. I really wish we could have seen more from him. Um, I really liked him as well. And Casey really was sweet. He got a lot of screen time, actually. He was like a voice of reason type thing. Yeah, he was like the dad. He's 36. Him and Michael A would be good friends. Oh my God, they would. Okay, but Michael A did post this like shirtless selfie the other day and I was like, too far, dad. (laughs) He did? It was something like I'm starting to go to the gym again. And it was really like, I was embarrassed. I wonder if he's the second bachelor, as rumors are saying. He might be. Bachelor Nation news and gossip. It's been a little bit since we have updated you guys on things. We've had guests. I hope that you have enjoyed them. Uh, first of all, Ben Higgins got married to his fiance, now turned wife, Jess. They got married in Nashville. They had a lot of Bachelor Nation people there, including Nick Fial and Sean Booth, who hated each other on Caitlin's season, continued to hate each other for years and years and years. And they were at the wedding and Nick said on his Instagram that they actually had a very beautiful moment and the hatchet is buried. So I, that's really nice. I'm curious if Caitlin and Jason, they must've not been invited, which I, I always thought that they were good friends with Ben, but Ben also was Caitlin's final three. I feel like Ben will be invited to their wedding. I don't know. I feel like it was kind of weird, but she also was on tour this weekend. Yeah. She was doing one of her live shows. So I don't know. And then Hannah B's new book is going to come out soon. And apparently she's spilling a lot of tea. And at first she said she wasn't spilling any bachelor tea because of her contract, but she was referring to her time as the bachelorette. So I was kind of disappointed, but then, um, I read some of her tea and her tea is good. It still has to do with The Bachelor, just not when she was actually filming. So according to Hannah B, after Peter's season was done filming and it was currently airing, they saw each other. And this was after in real life, Peter had broken up with Hannah Ann. But before, after the final rose, when all of that stuff happened with Maddie, they were at some event together, Peter and Hannah B, and they had sex. They hooked up. They had the sex. They had the sex. And Hannah said that there was like no chemistry there. And it was super awkward. And that Maddie was still on his mind. So, you know, that scene where Peter goes to like Maddie's hometown or something and is like, I'm still thinking about you after the whole thing is over. I think he was sitting by a pool or something. So that like happened after he had sex with Hannah B. What a dog what a damn dog. Like he goes to hand, he goes to Maddie and he's like, yeah, I chose the wrong girl. Also I had sex with uh, Hannah B, but never mind. I don't look at pilot Pete as this like player. Like, he's like a older version of Brandon, you know, he's just like, Oh, like you want to put the P in the V. Okay. And she of course was like, she had a great time in the windmill. Did she have a good time in the windmill? Because yes, apparently they did it four times. But then she I sent him four times meant it was good. Well, you would think so. But then she sent him home afterwards. Why would you send somebody home after four times of good sex? I think maybe they just kept on trying to have sex. So it was good. Oh, that is a really interesting point. Or she realized it's all it's just the sex relationship. And then she got in her head thinking it was a real relationship after it failed. And her thing with Jed didn't work out. And then when they had 
sex after his season, she realized, oh yeah, it was just, it was just, this is it. That was it. You know? And I will mention something else that I read about Hannah B's book, which was, she talks about Tyler and that when her and Tyler hooked up that night, like after the finale, when he was seen at her, her apartment and all of that. And then uh, he was, photos were taken of him, paparazzi photos the next morning, leaving her apartment that they weren't officially like back together, but they had like planned vacations and like a plan to see each other and that they both mutually really liked each other. And then without any notice, he, she just saw like the internet that he was with Gigi Hadid and she was super, super hurt. And that like they worked through it and then they got stuck in quarantine together that her brother, um, you know, you guys can read it online, like had, she had a lot of intense stuff going on in his family. So did he, then they basically, she got, she said she got stuck in a house with gross boys and she like, didn't know anyone and couldn't get out. And that was the quarantine crew. Remember that whole thing that they did, which is how Matt James was created essentially. Not created, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got to really, we really got to, well, we, the Matt James as the bachelor was created. Yes. As the bachelor. Exactly. And, um, also just one more thing that I heard later today, Tyler and Matt were at old miss for the football game and all these girls, apparently Tyler hooked up with some sorority girls is what people are saying. I'm like, dude, you can't like, you're going to get so much shit for this and they're all going to make TikToks about it. Like, what is he thinking? Does he not know any better? You should know that they film everything. Yeah. I'm just and like, they're going to spill all the tea and you're not going to get away with it. I, uh, and he was so nice when you met him, not saying it makes him not nice, but he's, he's almost 30. Like, I don't know. I, I honestly think that's kind of gross. I'm judging a little. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, grow up a little bit. <laughs> So here we are for what's your sign before the rumors came out about Joe Sam goes, Hey, can you look into the compatibility between Joe and Michelle? Is it a coincidence or is it astrology that these two signs are both Gemini? They're electric together. Well, let's get into it. Geminis are stamped as the hardest to date among the zodiac signs, and that is a stereotype that actually usually reigns true. Michelle is such a peach. She makes it look flawless. She's the gem of a Gemini, but that's not to say that anyone is perfect. Again, we must always disclaim the whole chart matters. In this episode, we see Joe a Gemini, and the two twin signs head to the twins game, which is so eerie. And coincidental, um, Sam picked that up, which I thought was genius. Um, but yeah, what happens when two Gemini's meet? Is it a twin flame thing or is it a party of four? <laughs> I would say, however you cut it, it's probably a bit too much. <laughs> Come to think of it, I've never seen a long lasting Gemini couple in my perspective, in my reality for the life I've lived, but anything can happen. So please DM us. And tell us a long-lasting story of a Gemini couple, whether it's yourself, a friend, or family member. We would love the tea and some insight on that because anything can happen. But one thing I can say about Geminis is that they will not they will stop at nothing to get what they want. In the case of Michelle, she will stop at 
absolutely nothing to change the world. And that's beautiful. But I feel like I barely know Joe. So clearly this can really go anyway. Interesting thing is that Joe is a moon in Taurus, which can bring a lot of stability and kindness. The thing about Taurus placements is that they have a really big appetite for love like Leo's and can be kind, but sometimes that appetite for love makes them a little too all over the place with the love interests. Yes. If you remember Blake's journey on uh, Bachelor in Paradise, that was a very typical Taurus got a little, you know, too swept away, too too much of a lover boy, got him in trouble type of thing. And that goes with Taurus girls too. My niece is a Taurus. I go, oh gosh, I'm gonna have to keep a good eye on her when she's in high school. And if you watch Bravo, Shayna from Vanderpump Rules, she actually makes merch called Boy Crazy because everyone on the show called her Boy Crazy. And she is a Taurus. I thought that you know again is that coincidence or is that astrology like it is so typical so yeah they can get carried away but let's um look at the positives with the uh, gemini sun and taurus moon combination joe could be easygoing charming and relaxed the negatives though is that he could be obsessive disillusioned and probably a little harsh at times the perfect partner for him is someone who will share his interests and passions which clearly is michelle so again this is a real big toss-up here they do also only learn from their mistakes, which I think is very believable with these rumors. I'm like, I think he's, you know, he's messy. Maybe like he's, you know, been burned for being harsh or he's been called harsh. So his new tactic is ghosting people because he ghosted Michelle mm-hmm. and he ghosted that girl that he's supposedly dating again but yeah gemini sun taurus moon on the upside are emotionally deep they're unpretentious they're humble and cool but still the combination can be very contradictory they can make a great therapist (laughs) but even if they believe they are coming from a good place they are unknowingly manipulative what i can guarantee is the relationship for however long it will be for we don't know i mean we kind of do because we're a spoiler podcast (laughs) another few weeks any other Gemini Gemini relationship um it will be very lively and fun that you can guarantee however their hyper need for experiences and stimulation can exhaust each other because they both will have just so many ideas of things that they want to do when in comparison a cancer man like Nate would normally do any idea the Gemini partner suggests because those ideas fuel him and the Gemini usually can like energize the cancer they're like a moth to that to the flame of that vivaciousness the flightiness of a gemini's energy makes cancer want to take care of them more and be a part of their plan at all times which really really works when the gemini wants to be a leader and michelle does want to be a leader i feel like in the relationship yeah she does she always drives yeah she always drives that is like a metaphor and she even drove the boat and she wanted to drive Nate. Like that was like her love language. Mm-hmm. And you said it last week too. You're like, she's driving and she's like, and she, and then today again, the car, the boat, like everything. Everything she drives, which is, you know, really cool. However, as I said before, there's a 50% chance Michelle is a Scorpio moon. So what does this mean with the Taurus moon that Joe has? Um, they are at opposite Taurus and Scorpio are at opposite ends of the astrological wheel, which is a powerful opposition, especially with the moons. Moons rule emotion. 
Oppositions are interesting because it is a case of a very hot or very cold. It can go really well or really bad. That's the thing with sister signs. And if you haven't heard us before, sister signs are any signs that are directly opposite of each other from the wheel. Think of, you know, me and Melissa. (laughs) Yeah. I'm an Aries. Sam's a Libra. Think of the clock, like 12 to six. That's what's going on on the wheel. Oppositions in the wheel. It's either friend or foe. The sign will always possess certain energies of the sister sign. And it's a very give or take as long as they can give and take. Scorpio and Taurus in particular are very stubborn. They're both fixed signs. It's a push and pull effect. It doesn't mean that it, they won't be close though, which is why I wonder if this is a very twin flame type of relationship, meaning a twin flame that can easily get blown out. Um, as I said before, I'm like the kind of person who feels that twin flames are usually a toxic thing. It's rare when it's a beautiful, everlasting yeah. till death do I part. Do, do we part? Sorry. <laughs> situation. But again, I'll leave on like a happy note. The Taurus moon can help the Scorpio moon with self-confidence. The Taurus moon is very grounded emotionally given the right self-care. They have a lot in common. Sometimes too much in common is not a good thing. They are the twins in themselves. Yeah, for real. Yeah. A lot of twins. They're quadruplets. Let's get into Throw It Batch. We haven't done this in a few weeks. I thought we had some time. Let's throw it back a little bit. Let's talk about what wine, cocktail, beer, anything relates to three of the main players of this episode. Let's start off with Chris S., my Libra brother. Um, I'm giving him a cocktail called Envy. It is Blanco tequila, blue carousel liqueur, pineapple juice, and a maraschino cherry to garnish. He is just envious of Nate, and that was very evident in today's episode. I'm giving Chris S. the Cape Cod, which is a vodka cranberry. It's basic. (laughs) All right, Nate gotta give Nate a cocktail he had a good episode today we still need to really crack that nut we need to learn more about him I want to see the real Nate but for now for me he's just eye candy which is ginger root fresh mint leaves simple syrup gin elderflower liqueur lemon juice and a splash of club soda I mean that six eight tall glass of watered Nate Wow, that was great rhyming. I would say tall bottle wine because he is the finest glass of Bordeaux. Nate is the only lead that I've seen use wine as an accessory. I mean, he could really kick it with me. He could kick it with the housewives. He just was like, when there's drama, he relies on the glass of wine. I've never seen anyone at the table pick up the glass of wine and just start drinking it. And he's just like, you, like using his hands and swirling <laughs> the wine as he's like aggravated. It is very housewives, you're right. It's just so funny and he was chugging it. I was hoping he was gonna ask for another glass to somebody while he was waiting for Chris S and Michelle to be finished. You know, a nice a nice red Bordeaux. 
Lastly, we have Brandon. I wanted to give him a cocktail because it's his birthday. And also he is trying really hard, but in the best way possible. I really like him. Um, so I'm going to give him the birthday cake martini. It has whipped vodka, amaretto, white chocolate liqueur, half and half, and honey with sprinkles to garnish. Honestly, that that is not for me. Um, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> sounds like a <laughs> upset stomach. I'm going to give Brandon the cutie margarita. Four shots of tequila. I know. I don't think... Four? <laughs> I want because one. Four shots of tequila can get real ugly. Um, five cutie oranges. <laughs> Fuck. What is this? Sugar and spice and everything nice. No, I'm kidding. So there's four shots of tequila, uh, five cutie oranges, one lemon, one and a half cups of ice, and Cajun salt on the rim. So you just put the tequila over oranges. Yeah, literally just just (laughs) add for cuties. (laughs) That wraps it up for this episode of Throw It Batch. We hope that you all have enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe give us a little note, send us a DM or a review on iTunes, which would also be nice. Let us know your opinions, your thoughts. We already love chatting with you guys in the DMs, but if you have any astrology questions, if you have any suggestions for posts or topics, as far as astrology is concerned, please let us know and we will see you next week. Hopefully when I will be healed and feeling much better. Bye.